Dan, hey, Ducky, your story begins just a few weeks ago in New York City, in Times Square in specific. What was happening there? So we're, we're 48 and Broadway meet. There was a Krispy Kreme. And above the Krispy Kreme, there's this wraparound billboard. And on that billboard is, is advertising a 2020-21 flawless triple logo man LeBron card. People in the industry are pretty sure that this is the most promoted card sale of all time, modern or vintage. Collectibles of all kinds are having a moment. Just a couple of hours from now, we could see the highest price ever paid for a sports car. This is a very unique card. It is the first time it's ever been done. It's called a triple logo man. The current bid is 1.6 million. We hope that it can set an all-time record for the most valuable trading card of all time. This is a priceless, incredibly rare card. There's only one of them. When this card came out into the open, the estimates were wild. Anywhere from one and a half million and behind closed doors, industry insiders trying to throw money at it to five, six million, and it, it, might, <laughs> it might go above that. Man, and, and on top of the wild estimates, Dan, of its value, there is also just this wild goose chase to actually find this card. And then like Willy Wonka's golden ticket, they inserted it into thousands of boxes and nobody knew where it was and everyone was going crazy looking for this card. Suddenly we went from, you know, this card being a myth to all of the players are involved. There's a Lamborghini offered. The lucky person <laughs> that was going to find it. Yeah, the rapper Drake suddenly flying in off the top rope to get involved in it. Of course he is. Local man, one one Looks nice. It was becoming apparent that given the, you know, dizzying details that were sort of swirling, that this was going to be the most sought after card of all time. Artificial scarcity is a strategy that's as old as time itself, basically. You see it with diamonds, with sneakers, with luxury cars, with cryptocurrency, obviously. The stuff that manufacturers deliberately make less of, even though they could easily make more. In order to make those goods that much more valuable, and us that much more desperate to get them. So today... Our guy on the sports memorabilia beat, Dan Hayducky, brings us a story at the center of the Venn diagram of all of these things. A story involving LeBron and Drake and Lambos and the people who've turned sports cards from collectibles into an asset class, for better and for worse. I'm Pablo Torre. It is Thursday, August 4th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Dan Hayducky, you've been on our show before. We've talked about the industry of sports cards before and how increasingly they feel foreign to me honestly, right? Like they feel kind of like NFTs to me, which is very strange because I grew up like you collecting cards. But these cards that we're here to talk about today, these high-end, especially explicitly rare cards. For those who don't know, do you still buy these in a pack? Like how do you even get these? What makes them this special? When we first talked like two years ago, things were still sort of in this, you know, moving from hobby to serious investing phase. Now, uh, in 2022, it's, it's all alternative investment strategy. And yeah, you can still buy a pack of cards or a box of cards with your you know, mom or dad or uncle or aunt or you know, whatever, but it's going to cost you a lot more than you realize. I think it's, <laughs> it's safe to say that it's, it's not relegated to a man cave or an attic or a basement anymore. This is upfront what it used to cost to buy a new car. People are spending on cards now. Yeah, you're using hedge fund language, Dan, to answer this question, which feels very telling. Yeah, you might have grown up with, you know, cards that come in, you know, flimsy cardboard and, you know, they're going in your bicycle spokes. Yeah, wax packs, all of this stuff. Yeah, stuff that you tossed around. Well, if you're going for the top of the line release now, it's going to run you $10,000. Wait, wait, wait. $10,000 for a single pack of cards. Right. And that's, and that's the retail price. Cause if it hits the secondary market and there's a rookie in it that can, oh my God, you know, that, that explodes, it's, you know, it's $30,000, $40,000 a box. Jesus. And it, it's not even a box anymore. For this specific release, Flawless comes in a metal briefcase sealed and you can carry it around. It looks like, <laughs> it looks like a briefcase. So this line of cards, the Panini flawless line of cards, as they are known, it comes in a literal movie villain metal briefcase. If you want to call it that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for people who are listening who might not know what Panini is, it is not a sandwich. They are currently the largest card producer on the market. And flawless is their, you know, PA state resistance. It's a, every year, it's what people look forward to. It's the most high end. It's It's less collectible and it's more art. So the idea that these are just items now to be bought and chased that go into an investment portfolio of some kind worth millions and millions of dollars, presumably, Dan, refresh our memory as to how we got here, right? Because this industry is now in this place that was unthinkable to me growing up. Since 2018, really, cards have become alternative investments. And we obviously have seen the last few years with with. COVID, COVID obviously is, you know, the accelerant to this fire that's, that's taking place when we were at home and going through our shoe boxes and looking under the bed, all that very quickly became much more valuable than it previously was. Continually, these companies like, you know, like Upper Deck and Fleer and everyone before, they have to up the ante. They have to improve on the, the previous year's product. So to me, it started putting diamonds and rubies and emeralds into the card. <laughs> so you could pull a Luka Doncic base card and it's just Luka's visage, or you could have a, you know, an emerald or a ruby embedded into the card. Luka Doncic bedazzled by an actual diamond is a thing now. That is a thing. Yeah. You, if, you, if you want it, it's available. When Panini told the NBA they were thinking about this sort of product, this high-end art form that people were going to spend $10,000 on, they were sort of laughed out of the room. But people that have expendable income right now, and a lot of it, 
would rather spend, you know, millions of dollars on a LeBron logo man than buy a Picasso or a Degas. And so the LeBron logo man card, Dan, and the way the logo man fits into this sort of array of luxury goods that Panini is putting into these cards, what does it look like? What makes that one special? So the logo man is, uh, it's specifically the NBA logo taken from a player's jersey implanted into the card. It's called a triple logo man. So what they did was they took an actual logo off a game used uniform from the Cleveland Cavaliers that LeBron wore, the Miami Heat, and the LA Lakers. They put all three on the card. It is a one of a kind. And with this LeBron card, all of the NBA logos are game used, game worn, and it, it tells the story of LeBron's career. Rarely do you have a player of LeBron's stature switching teams multiple times, but you have a jersey from his time in Cleveland, his time in Miami, and his time in LA, all on the same card. There were other triple logo men in this set. There was the dynastic triumvirate of Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. There was Anthony Edwards, Melo Ball, Therese Halbert, and all, all, all these people on the same card. This was just one player. This was just LeBron entirely unto himself. Not only is it a one of one, not only is it incredibly unique, but it was entirely unprecedented. It was wholly new. The hype around this particular card, the LeBron logo, man, when does that start to build? Matt Allen, he's known as Shine, but his real name is Matt Allen. He was uh, invited to Panini to take a tour with, with other high-end collectors. Shine's made quite a name for himself over the last few years. If you go through his Instagram feed, it's like every single card is a lifetime, like a little once-in-a-lifetime pull. He gets shown the LeBron triple logo man as a rendering, as a, as a, as a graphic. It wasn't a physical product yet. And uh, he said it very quickly became apparent to him that uh, this was going to be something that people went absolutely for. And he was right. When it was confirmed that it was going to be in this set, everyone like Shine and Shine were just like, well, we have to get this. We have to be the people that find this. Naturally, Dan, Drake enters the fray. How does this part happen? What does Drake do? Drake, you know, NBA super fan Drake, um, you know, like I said before, flies on off the top roof. He had not been involved in this industry that we know of beforehand, but he was incredibly motivated to get into the chase, the, the chase element of it. He posted something on Instagram where he was like, I'm opening these, you know, flawless cases. And again, I'm not clear if it's his own money or not, but the value of what he had posted was over $200,000. Mm. So Drake uh, ends up opening cases with Shy Matt Allen, and they, they open flawless cases together, and they come up empty-handed. Before you know it, Ken Golden is uh, flying to Toronto to open cases with Drake. If you pay attention to cards, or even, it's, even if it's on the periphery of your vision, uh, Ken Golden is the big kahuna of this industry. He's been buying and selling cards since 1978. And he started what used to be Golden Auctions, now just Collectibles Marketplace Golden. He started that in 2012. He's the, one of the biggest names in this industry, if not the biggest. And he flies to Toronto to open Flawless Cases with Drake, 10, 10 of them, by the way. So, you know, over $200,000 worth of cards. And while they're there, they decide to open a box of 1986-87 Fleer Basketball which has the Michael Jordan rookie card. Iconic in its own right. Right. You know, we're, when The Last Dance aired, the, everyone was, you know, the popularity of this card skyrocketed. And, you know, earlier this year, it was worth $720,000 in a perfect graded condition. 
So Drake with Ken Golden, they pull three of those. Oh, oh my God! Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. But Drake wasn't chasing Jordan rookies. He was looking for that LeBron triple logo man. Coming off that popularity of that Instagram live, which, you know, everyone in the industry is talking about it. You know, did you watch it? Did you watch it? Before Drake enters, the flawless cases are about 20,000 each. And almost immediately after, they're $40,000 each. So (laughs) $40,000 for that metal briefcase. A lottery ticket. Yeah, for that lottery ticket. And even after all that, you know, no one found it. That LeBron triple logo, man. So the chase was still on, it was still out there. Coming up, the LeBron triple logo man is found. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So as people are now hunting, fighting to get their hands on these packs, which contain this lottery ticket, tell us about the card breaker industry, Dan. For those who are not familiar with this class of person, who are they? What do they do? How do they fit into this whole chase? Breakers are companies or people who will buy product and then they will sell slots in the break. The breaking is opening cards, whether it's a box or a case. Mm. So they'll either sell slots to a team or a division or sometimes a conference. So I just want to make sure, Dan, that everybody understands this correctly because these breakers could be a company or an individual. They're buying these boxes in bulk. They are opening them on these live streams. And what is inside the box They've already sold, right? The rights to those were sold sight unseen to buyers based on a particular category, like a team or a division or a conference that they could buy ahead of time. So for instance, if I were to buy a slot for any 76ers card that would come up in a Panini Flawless box break, I would have full ownership of any Sixers card, like a Joel Embiid, for instance, that gets pulled. Exactly, exactly. If you Google case or box break and you're watching it, Everything is already accounted for. Everything is already paid for that comes out of that box. And despite Drake's wild goose chase on IG Live, goosing up the price of this card, 
The LeBron logo man still is missing. It's still somewhere out there waiting to be discovered. So what happens next? Yeah, wouldn't you know it? It gets pulled by a breaker. Breakers open tons of products. So the, the chances of them being a breaker, being the person who pulled it are pretty good. It gets pulled by uh, backyard breaks on, on whatnot, which is the marketplace that a lot of breakers use. Yeah, whatnot, Dan, as I understand it, is basically to card breakers what Twitch is to gamers, right? This place to live stream what they do. But on whatnot, you can also buy and sell your cards on there. Exactly. Whatnot was, you know, they're so involved in this that they offered a Lamborghini to the lucky person or breaker that found it. So the people who actually paid for the rights to the card, sight unseen, they get something out of this. The person who opens the pack itself, they get a Lambo for their troubles. Right. And then the people who are hosting the platform, they're also cashing in on the entire manhunt for the logo man. Exactly. If you watch the video, the video is out there uh, of them pulling the card and it's just, you know, absolute mayhem. Let's go be great. Oh my God. No. Ah! In this case, since there were there were three teams represented on the card, someone had rights to any Cavaliers card that came up, any Heat card that came up, any Lakers card that came up. Right. So three people in this case had ownership rights to the LeBron triple logo, man. Exactly. But usually um, there's a card that has multiple players on it and a break. It'll be randomized. There's a website people go to that, you know, will shuffle the names randomly and one person would take it at the end of the day. But because this card was so sought after, so valuable, so unique, the three people who had bought slots that corresponded to the card decided that they would sell it together. So the consignment process where this thing is found and now it is time to monetize the hell out of it. How does this thing get valuated? How do you determine the worth of a thing like this? Uh, The three guys who who own the card, they were shopping it around, know that they were um, talking to Sotheby's and a few other consigners and Ken Golden convinced them to bring the card to them because of the Drake chase. And he said, you know, when you Google triple logo man LeBron, my face comes up and, you know, it's hard to imagine a better sales pitch than that. I've never seen someone advertise a card on a uh, on a daytime cable TV program before, but you know that happened. Ken Bolton is is you know bringing the card around on on shows. Pop star Drake, rap star, I guess I should call him rap star Drake, and I were even opening up boxes and packs looking for this card. Everyone, athletes, entertainers, was looking for this card. If you go to Times Square right now, you will see this card on a billboard at Times Square. You reckon it could go for six million? Yes, I believe it can. What I'm holding without exaggeration, is the single most important modern trading card ever produced. And so the price that Ken Golden gets after hustling up this market is what in the end? So I know we talked about it before, but before it hit market, it was, you know, 1.5 was the bounty, 1.5 million. And there's there's rumors that it's going to challenge the Wagner from last year at 6.606 million. Uh, in reality, what it actually sells for is 2.4 million. Which, again, is another sort of, you know, divisive number. 
2.4 million on the one hand, Dan. It's mind-blowing to anybody who grew up collecting cards. Right, you have you have one side of the industry that's saying, yes, it's a, it's game used, it's it's one of one, but there there is also no signature on it. You have people that are saying, oh well, it didn't get six million, and that's what they said they were they were going to get for it. So it's a disappointment, right? They look at the Honus Wagner a year ago now that was sold for six point six oh six million dollars. Right, the card from nineteen oh nine. Even before that, there are you know the nineteen fifty two tops Mickey Mantle card that sold for five point two million dollars last year. Mm. This isn't even the highest selling LeBron card of all time. <laughs> that belongs to a LeBron rookie card, an RPA rookie patch autograph that also sold for $5.2 million. It's not one of the top 10, you know, most expensive cards of all time. There are, there are at least 10 cards you've gone for more than $3 million. So there are people on that side of it who are just saying, you know, look at the promotion that was done for this year. It's, it, it failed in their eyes. None of that comes through when you talk to Ken about it. He said his campaign was successful. He did exactly what he had to do to maximize return. And anything above $2 million for him, he says he knows his guys are happy. What does this tell you, though, about the direction of the industry? Like, where are we in the grand arc of this thing? Yeah, when I wrote my I, my first long-form piece on the card industry, like, came out in October 2020, um, even then people were you know, skeptical whether there was a bubble or not, whether it was going to explode, whether this was sustainable, whether turning cards into art and, you know, alternative investment strategy was was possible. And look, it's 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 almost two full years later after that piece and we're still getting million dollar card sales. It, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. The middle ground, that's that seems to be the sentiment that's that's, you know, widespread across the industry. But the middle ground, the prices aren't quite so serious. But the high end the high-end modern stuff and the vintage stuff hasn't really gone anywhere. No, in all of these ways, on all of these levels, it does feel like the middle class is the thing that is disappearing in this story. Yeah, it sort of feels like, uh, you know, a simile, or, so to speak. It, 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 cards have always sort of been American economics. It has a mirror shot up to its face. Um, that's apparent here as well. So what's next for a guy like Ken Golden as the forecast for this marketplace looks as you just described? Yeah, Ken, Ken has been filming a show with Netflix that's uh, due to come out uh, in the near future. And there's some hope for people in the industry that think that it could do what Netflix did for Formula One, which is get this whole new audience in and turn a craze into something that's staying power. But even for the, you know, the high rollers in the industry, there, there's a card that's currently up for sale right now with Heritage uh, Auctions. That's uh, it's a, it's a 52 Mantle. It's challenging the all-time record right now, and it's believed that when all said and done, it will approach $10 million. So mm. it's hard to tell people that the bubble is burst or cards are going away when there's a sale like that. Yeah, eight figures for a card, Dan. That is, like, holy sh**, that is insane. You know, the people that we've talked about in the story, they've already moved on to other cards, not even the Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Shine, Matt Allen... Now that LeBron has sold, he says that that's not even the best triple logo man out there. He owns a, a 2004 upper deck triple logo man that features Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. And Ken Golden, for that matter, same thing. He's promoting a 2006 upper deck exquisite collection triple logo man, which features, again, Jordan, James, and Bryant. Ugh. In the promotion for the video, the language sounds similar to what we've heard before. He's holding the card and he says, 
What I'm holding is the greatest trading card ever produced by the greatest brand of trading cards ever. Dan, hey, Ducky, I don't think that's the last time we'll be hearing that phrase said in this context. Let's hope not, or else I might be out of a job, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.